And now, back to Answers for Elders as we honor our military veterans. Carriage is the proud sponsor of our veteran segment, hosted by former Seattle Seahawk, Dennis Boyd. Good morning. This is Dennis Boyd with Answers for Elders. We are here today in Patriots Landing in DuPont, Washington. And today we are visiting with Master Sergeant Kenneth Marbury. Master Sergeant, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time today. Tell us, where do you come from? I was born in Oklahoma. My parents migrated to Oregon. Dad bought a a strawberry farm. And that's why I hate strawberries today. (laughs) It, it was a, it was all work, no play. I couldn't wait till I got old enough, and, and when I did, I joined the Air Force. And all in all, I spent 27 years in the Air Force. So five of it was uh, reserve, but I spent 22 and a half active. And I went from a private to a master sergeant. I run printing presses until I got, got the rank, and then I supervised people to, to run printing presses. And, and we printed so many things, orders, flight orders, tech orders, anything that people wanted to uh, do their job on a base. Mm-hmm. And most bases, it was like a town, a city. They have a uh, commander was like a, the head of uh, a city. There was so much to do as far as printing. I was uh, I was assigned to Keesler Field at Biloxi, Mississippi. And from there, I went to Japan <laughs> on my way to Korea. And I, and I didn't make a degree. I stopped in Japan. And then I was discharged. I spent five years in the reserve and came back into the Air Force. I spent the rest of my of the time. And as a printer, I supervised it. I, I, I guess the, the, the best times I had was... It was Vietnam, really. I had the biggest plant in the country, the most people and the most equipment. And it was at uh, Tan Sanut Air Base, which is close to Saigon. My biggest job there was I had uh, six GIs and eight Vietnamese working for me. And uh, seven of those Vietnamese are women. So, what years were you uh, in? You said Japan, and then to, and then on to Vietnam. So, what years were those? Uh, I was in Japan, fifty-two to fifty-three, mm-hmm. and I went home. Father got sick, and my kid brother, uh, he he got sick, and they need me there to run the strawberry field. <laughs> I hated it. Where in Oregon was this? Banks, Oregon, about three miles west of Portland. Mm-hmm. It's a, it was a little town then. It's, it's grown since then, since I was there, and, and then I left there in, in 1950. So when you were left, that was about the beginning of the Korean War. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then, so what made you decide on the Air Force versus, say, the Army, Navy, or otherwise? Well, when I was a kid, I used to listen to these radios about uh, pilots and and I always wanted to be a pilot. Yeah. But they didn't tell me you had to have a college education. <laughs> so yeah. I only had high school, and I couldn't. I, I never I never did fly. When I started printing, I, I, I loved to do that, run printing presses. I found out that I was pretty good at it, so I went from there. The, the rank of Master Sergeant comes up frequently as when I talk to uh, especially officers, Anybody that's a lieutenant or, or above, the constant story is how much they would lean on their master sergeants for knowledge of the men, knowledge of the team, what the the status of the of the guys was, you know how 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 efficient they, they were. They depended on us because we grew up with each rank and and we knew what these people were doing mm-hmm. because we did it ourselves. Mm-hmm. An NCO usually commanded the well. He was in charge of a certain amount of people and that they had to do. He, he did it, or he got it done. He had people to do it. The, the officers, they didn't have time to, to come down and, and take charge of that and, and see that the work got done. 
because they had their own things to do, fly and mm-hmm. and printing. We we had all this stuff to print from doctors to medic, clerk typist. Well, everything ran back then, but this is before computers, so everything was done by paper. Now the uh, computers took over that job, yeah. and I don't think they even even have printing presses in there. In the military anymore. Uh, probably not. So you went from, uh, you were stationed in Japan and then into Vietnam. How, what years were you in Vietnam? 71, 72. So you're uh, coming right at the end yeah. of, uh, of the Vietnam era. I got out of there just in time. Mm-hmm. They, uh, there was a lot of things happened that wasn't good after I left. That had to be an unusual time because you were, I mean, things were continuing to deteriorate in the early 70s. The NVA was continuing to work its way south. We were, as a country, already starting to peel back. Yeah. I think you know our efforts in Vietnam. I mean, what was the uh, what was the uh, the morale? I guess, and, and this is what you're dealing with. You know, of the men and women that were there. They wanted to come home. Most of us felt that we had no business being there. Yeah, and the the Vietnamese didn't want us there. <laughs> Most of them didn't care if North Vietnamese took over, hmm. but we uh, we stopped them. I didn't have anything to do with it, but but their infantry did. The, the fighting men went out there and fought them and fought them back. So what's the, you were saying, what would be the most uh, enjoyable time or the times that you look back on with, with good memories while you were in the military? Uh, well, I had my wife and family with me when I was in Japan, and uh, we got acquainted with some some real nice Japanese people. Yeah. My daughters, I had uh, had three daughters, and I, since then I've lost the oldest daughter and my wife. In September, I lost her, but I still have two daughters. What are their names? Kim is the oldest one, and Robin is the youngest one. Mm-hmm. And they're both married. They're both grand, grandparents. They uh, they enjoy Japan. They got acquainted with a, a lot of Japanese kids. Tell me how you got here to Patriots Landing. My wife. Uh, we, we lived in uh, Lakewood mm-hmm. for since '77, and we moved here in '16. And she fell and broke. Broke her, bust her hip, and after the operation, and everything, she was in care. We sold the house. My daughters wanted us to live somewhere where we wouldn't have to to work or mm-hmm. mow the lawn, you know, take care. Of. So they figured they found this place and moved us in here, and it's been good. It's it's been they've got everything we need here. The common theme I hear from people is how comfortable they are. Yeah. Here. And uh, uh, they got everything that yeah. you need. Fantastic. Good those, to hear. Those buses will take you about just anywhere you want to go. Master Sergeant, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate you telling your story, and we appreciate learning more about the, uh, the veterans here at Patriots Landing. This has been a special honoring veterans presentation of Answers for Elders brought to you by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E dot com. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. 
Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.